Well, good morning. If you've got your Bibles this morning, let's open those up. Let's go to the beginning. It's the beginning of the year. And uh, let's go to Genesis chapter 32. Very strange, very strange story that we're going to look at in the Old Testament this morning. It's a story about wrestling. Wrestling is in the Bible. I, I will say as a disclaimer... Uh, before we get started this morning, wrestling is not my favorite sport at all. Um, when, it, when it comes to sports, I, I prefer to watch sports that the players are athletes and not actors. So that's why I'm not a, not a big fan of wrestling. I do have some very fond memories, though, of, of wrestling growing up as a child. Um, see, I, I grew up with, uh, it was just my brother and I and, and my parents, so it was uh, a household predominantly of, of men, and that was the way, the ladies, just to explain this to you, that was the way that the men in my household expressed affection for one another as we wrestled. And some of my, my just fondest memories of childhood is, is what we would call the, the backbreaker, where as, as little kids, my dad would pick us up, flip us over, throw us in the air, let us land on his knee. We would bounce off his knee and onto the couch. And we would love it and say, oh, please do that again. Please do that again. But I remember one time I was about three or four and we were wrestling and I brought the hammer. I mean, literally, I went into the other room and dug through my toy box and got out a hammer, a wooden hammer, a wooden mallet. And I came in and I started swinging that hammer and, and I, I smashed the face of my dad's watch and cracked it and everything. So, I mean, I always, I always remember that of, of I brought the hammer. Now, we, we got a little bit older, and, and I've got, you know, 40 or 50 pounds on dad. So he's learned to not mess with me anymore. And my brother won't mess with me anymore. But that's kind of the background of, of, of my little bit of background with wrestling. Well, this morning we're going to look at a story in Scripture where it talks about how Jacob wrestled. And, and I want to go ahead and, and say this from the beginning. I, I, there, there's some different ways that you, can, that you can take this. And you look at some of the, the pictures that have been drawn over this over the years. Um, this is Jacob not necessarily wrestling with an angel. This is Jacob wrestling with God. And there's going to be a little smackdown that's going to take place here. Um, and God can do things the way that he wants to do. This is a very strange, this is a very bizarre story, but I believe that there are some things that the Lord would, would say to us through this as we get ready to start yet another year, bound, determined, this time it's going to be different, this time I'm serious, I've got my resolutions, and I'm serious about those things, and this year is going to be different. Okay. We will see. Let's, let's jump in. Genesis chapter 32, and we will start in verse 22. It's going to describe this a little bit, but the scenario is this. Jacob uh, is about to meet Esau. The last time he saw Esau was after he went, when he had to flee because he had stolen some things that belonged to Esau. He had deceived his own father, and those things were taken from Esau, and he's about to meet up with him again, and he's scared, and he's got every reason to be scared, and he prays, and then he goes off by himself and some things are about to happen. Genesis chapter 32, verse 22. The same night, 
he arose and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his eleven children and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. And he took them and sent them across the stream and everything else that he had. And Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. Verse 25, when the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. And then he said, let me go for the day is broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Verse 28, then he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, which means face of God, saying, for I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. The sun rose upon him as he passed Penuel, leaping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the people of Israel do not eat the sinew of the thigh that is on the hip socket, because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip on the sinew of the thigh. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for your word, and thank you for these strange series of events that, that have taken place with Jacob and how all alone you, you came to him and you wrestled with him. I pray that as we look at your word and continue to, to look at your word this morning, that you would speak to our hearts and that, Lord, maybe some of us need to wrestle and need to struggle with you. I pray as a, in our time together that we too would come away changed, that we too would come away blessed. And we ask this in your name. Amen. Jacob had wrestled all night with God, but while he was wrestling, while he was struggling, he didn't know that he was wrestling with God until later. And you can imagine the, the sense of, of, of fear and almost horror that would have come over him, having gone all through the night and wrestled and struggled and fought... And then to realize after it was over, after the man had left, that he had wrestled with God. And that's why he, he called the place Peniel. That's why he said, I have, I have seen God face to face and I have survived. Jacob quickly had this understanding. Wow. He could have killed me. This wasn't a fair fight at all. I thought I was holding my own. I thought I was doing a great job, job by struggling. I thought I thought I was I was a good wrestler. And the whole time he's just toying with me. He's just playing. At any point he could have crushed me into the ground. He could have killed me and he let me live. What in the world is this about? Jacob had to wonder. So what, what can we learn from, from this story from Jacob? I mean, what was the point of God wrestling with him? Why, what was the point of God allowing him to struggle and, and do all of this that, that was taking place here? And through that, what does God want to say to us? 
Well, there's a couple of things here that just just in to mention before we get started. God may not necessarily pick a fight with us the same way that he did with Jacob. God's dealings with you, God's dealings with me might be a little bit different than that. This is, okay. by the way, this is a little bit strange. We don't normally hear people talking about, well, you know, I just had a smackdown with God last night. It, it came to a draw. It was a tie. It, it doesn't work that way. God's dealings with us might be a little bit different, but I think there's some things that we can glean from this because this is exactly what Jacob needed. God knew exactly what he was doing, and there were some things that he wanted to do in Jacob by his own choosing. I think we've got a a, a lot to learn from that. God may not pick a fight with us in the exact same way that he did with Jacob, but make no mistake about it, at some point... In your life, or maybe at many points in your life, we will wrestle and we will struggle with God. Not so much about our circumstances, not so much about other people, but we are going to have some kind of wrestling match or series of wrestling matches with God. And before we even get into the rest of this this morning, I just want to challenge you in line of that for this year, that if you feel like you're ready to, if there's something in your life that you're feeling that's going to be a struggle that you need to wrestle with God, then I want to encourage you and challenge you to go ahead and do that. Don't avoid it. Don't hide from it. Don't pretend like, well, maybe it's just going to go away. Maybe that's God saying to you, come on. Bring it, bring it. Let's get ready to rumble because he wants to teach you something and he wants to show you something and he wants to do something in you. Jacob didn't have that choice. Jacob didn't have the opportunity to challenge God. God came to him and it was on. So we're going to look this morning about four things that when God picks a fight, because God picked a fight with Jacob, and we're going to look at four different things that happen, and maybe it's going to be the same thing for when God comes to us and picks a fight with us. The first part is this. When God picks a fight, the first thing that he, he does is he corners us by his plan. God corners us by his plan. That, that part there at, at, the, at the end of the verse there, it was a very scary phrase, I believe, for Jacob. And it says, and Jacob was left alone. Completely got by God's design, Jacob had, had reached a very climactic point in his life where he was totally alone and completely and utterly afraid of what was about to happen. Have you ever been there? Have you ever felt that? For Jacob, his circumstance was he was about to face Esau again for the first time in many years. And the last time he had stolen from Esau, he had ripped Esau off. He had taken from Esau what was his. And now there was going to be a confrontation. There was going to be a showdown. And Jacob was afraid. Jacob had already, it says earlier in the the passage that he had got all these things together and he prepared a bribe, basically. He was going to try to appease his brother Esau by giving him stuff, by giving him gifts. But the other thing that he did is he took his family and he took all of his possessions and he split them in half and said, this part go over here and this part go over here because if one is destroyed, the other will survive. If the other is destroyed, then this one 
one will survive. Jacob is expecting a battle. Jacob is expecting something bad to happen, and he's got a lot of fear. He's walking into this, and God's just going good. That's really good because I've got you right where I want you. I've got you exactly in the place where, where I want you to be. I've seen all of this coming, and now, Jacob, it is time to deal with some things. And see, for, for some of us, maybe you feel really cornered right now by your circumstances. Maybe you feel like you're in a place where I don't know what to do. I feel boxed in, and this is really frustrating. And God, I'm asking you to do something. I'm asking you to change something. And God says, uh-uh. No, 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 we're not, we're not there yet. It's not time for change yet because I've got, I finally got you cornered and I've got you right where I want you. And now it's time to do a work in you. God knew this was coming. He had, he, he knew exactly what he was doing. He knew exactly why he had Jacob in the place that he did. Jacob was terrified. And maybe some of us are terrified. But sometimes God moves in those particular ways. So the first thing, when God picks a fight, he corners us by a plan. But the second thing is, when God picks a fight, he confronts us in his way. For Jacob, God chose to, let's have a wrestling match. I want to show you some things this way. This was God's way of dealing with Jacob. This is what he's going to do. For us, it might be something different, but he confronts us in his way. This is where it says in the text that a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. This fight went on all night long. But you know what? The truth about Jacob was this. Jacob had been wrestling. Jacob had been striving. Jacob had been struggling all of his life. It wasn't just about what was taking place on this one night. God was showing him a picture of Jacob. This is who you are. This is what you've been doing from the very beginning. Jacob, even his name, it meant that, that, that he was a, a schemer, that, that he was a manipulator, that he was a con artist. Another way would be a supplanter, a, a, a trickster. Jacob was all of those things because he was always trying to get ahead, always trying to, to get one up on the next person. And he would do anything to be able to do that. And it started way back. There was a family history here. And, you know, just just if you think that your family is a little bit weird and a little bit dysfunctional, then I challenge you to read Genesis. Because you talk about family dysfunction. They had it. It's all over the place. And a lot of this is taking place here. With, with Jacob and Esau, and one parent favors the one, and the other parent favors the other, and all of that type of thing, it's in there. But it goes back to Esau had been hunting, and he was famished, and he was hungry. And here comes Jacob. Oh, well, you can, you can have this bowl of chili, but I get your birthright. Well, I mean, I'm about to die here, so okay. Oh, well, here, here you go. Thanks for the birthright. Esau was foolish. Esau was stupid to do that. But here's Jacob ready to make the deal, always willing to take the opportunity to take what wasn't his. Oh, but later on, it came time for the blessing. Isaac's old and he's blind and he doesn't really know what's going on. 
Rebecca, the mom, her favorite isn't Esau, it's Jacob. And she prompts Jacob to go in, deceive Isaac, the father, to get Esau, who was the the oldest, to get Esau's blessing. And Jacob says, okay, I'll do it. So he dresses up and and does all of this stuff and goes in and, and represents himself to his own blind father as being the oldest, as being Esau. And he tricked his, his dad into giving the younger son the blessing that was supposed to be for the older son. That's why Jacob had to flee. That's why Jacob had to run away. Later on... Right before this series of events where Jacob has to run away again, it's because there was conflict, there was tension between he and his father-in-law, and it's a long story, and you can read all about that. But, but this has been Jacob's pattern all of his life. This is who Jacob is. This is what Jacob does. This is how Jacob rolls. And God came and said tonight, we're going to deal with that. And God confronted him in his way, and it was by wrestling this time. Because wrestling had been a picture of Jacob's life up until that point. And Jacob wasn't going to surrender. As indicated by the fact that they wrestled and struggled all night, Jacob wasn't going to surrender. So he had to be broken. He had to be crushed. And he was. Here's the good thing about that. Here, here, here's something that I, that I take away with this because I was thinking about this recently. Do you have a person in your life where you just feel absolutely exasperated with them? Meaning, I have no idea what to do with that person. I don't know how to have a conversation with them. I don't know how to retreat, how to treat them. I don't know how to respond to them. I look at that person. I think about that person and I just throw my hands in the air. I have no idea. You're just exasperated with them. Tell you the wonderful thing. One of the wonderful things about God is he never feels that way. God never reaches the point with you and thankfully with me where he just throws his hands in the air and says, I have no idea what to do. I don't know what to do with you. Because God knows exactly what to do. For Jacob, it was a full on smackdown for you. It might be something else. But don't worry, God's not exasperated with you and God hasn't given up on you. And God's not even frustrated with you because he knows exactly how to deal with you and with me. And that can be very scary, but it can also be very wonderful to know God knows what to do here. God knows how to change. God knows how to bring transformation. He did it with Jacob and he's going to continue to do it. When God picks a fight, he corners us. He confronts us. And here's the part where it gets kind of unpleasant. The third thing is when God picks a fight, he breaks us by his choosing. And the part of that that we're talking about there is when it says Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Yeah, God could have killed him, but all he did is he put Jacob's hip out of joint. What's that about? I mean, it's, one, it's strange enough to think about God's wrestling with this person, but then, then God goes on and, and he puts Jacob's hip out of joint. What, what was the purpose of, of that? I mean, we know that Jacob had to be broken, but, but why would you go for the, for the hip? Why would you go for the thigh? And I, and I read this, it just says it this way, the, the sinew 
of the of the thigh is the strongest in the human body, and even a horse couldn't tear it apart. In, in other words, it's really strong. It, it's really significant because it represents strength. And somebody said it this way, the Lord has to break us down at the strongest part of our self-life before he can have his own way of blessing with us. God didn't go after Jacob's weaknesses. It was, it was symbolic. It was a picture of God going after Jacob's strength. Now, I don't mean to be morbid and depressing, but, but I remember hearing this, that when an elderly person falls and they break their hip, the life expectancy is very low. I don't no, 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 get that. It's not that the ex- expectancy that they recover from the hip and be able to walk well again. No, it's, it's the life expectancy after a broken hip is very low. I don't remember exactly what the numbers are, but I want to say like 20% survive the next two years. I mean, it's, it's really low. It's really sad. And I thought of that with this. Of there's, there's something medically significant about God going after Jacob's hip and, and, and breaking that and crushing that. And there, there's something very significant that we need to see in that this, this morning. Because please, please hear this. God hurt Jacob on purpose. This is not God allowing something to happen. God didn't allow this to happen. He did it. Comfortable with that? What if that means that you get hurt and that you get crushed by God? How's that? Is that going to be okay? Bless me, bless me, bless me. Oh, but not, but not with brokenness. Not, not with a broken hip. Not, not with the messed up thigh. No, 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 no. I don't want to do that. But God attacked Jacob. Not at his point of weakness, but his point of strength. What represented his strength. And his dealings with us are going to be very much that way. Because we've got to learn some things when it comes to where our strength really comes from. And we've got to learn some things about our source. It's not us. When God picks a fight, he corners us by his plan. He confronts us in his way. He breaks us by his choosing. But I'm so glad for this part. He transforms us by his grace. He breaks us, but he does it for a purpose. He transforms us by his grace. The very interesting little part right here. Of, of after all of this wrestling match, and, and Jacob will not let go, and he says, let go of me. And Jacob says, I will not let go of you unless you bless me. And then God asks Jacob a very interesting question. What is your name? Why would he ask, what's your name? God knew what his name was. God knew exactly the person who, whom he was wrestling. God knew that. Jacob knew his name too. Why would he ask, what is your name? Because in those days, a name very much was a, a reflection of a person's character. 
And it was, God was basically calling for Jacob to admit by saying his name. What is your name? It's Jacob. God was basically saying, I want you to confess. I want you to admit who you have been all of your life. A trickster, a schemer, a con artist, a manipulator. You've been the person that from the day you were born, it's been all about you. You have been all about you, Jacob, from day one. That's me. I'm Jacob. I'm schemer. I'm manipulator. I'm robber. I'm thief. I'm con artist. And I only care about me. And maybe this morning, that's you. And there's no maybe about it. It's me. And we wonder why God needs to come and break us sometimes. But the reality is, even as we look at a new year, everything points back to, it's all about me. What's your name? It's Jacob. What's your name? But it gets good after that. Then he said to him, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, which means prince. It, it, it has the idea of you have, you have striven against God. You have wrestled with God and have prevailed in a sense. I, I'm changing your name. See, you've been this all of your life. You've been Jacob, but I'm going to give you a new name. It's not just that you're going to get a new name. It's not just you're going to have to get stuff changed on your social security card and driver's license, all that. I'm going to give you a new nature. I'm going to give you a new character. The person that you've always been, you're not going to be that anymore because I'm going to bring transformation. That's what I'm going to do here. He changed his name. See, all along, it was that, ja- that, 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 that Jacob thought that, that, he had to, that he had to fight for himself, that he always had to put himself first, that he always had to scheme and manipulate. And a lot of us do that type of thing too. And we come to a place right now where we feel boxed into a corner and our circumstances are this and this is going on in our lives. And we're saying, God, please deliver me from that. And God said, no, I'm the one that put you in this place. Because I want to show you some things. I want to do some things in you. All the time we think that we're wrestling our circumstances and we're wrestling other people when it's actually God that we're really wrestling. And God wants to come and he wants to change our name. He wants to change our character. And most of all, he wants to change the source of our strength. To where it's not about me. It's not about my gifts, my abilities, my, 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 my. It's about him. And this whole thing about Jacob saying, I I will not let go of you until you bless me. The reality was Jacob wasn't the one that was holding on. God was holding on to him the whole time. And and you may be in a place right now where you're just feeling like you're trying to hold on to God and you're trying to hold on to faith. and, And God would say to you, it's not, it's never been you holding on to me. It's I'm the one that's holding on to you. And I am going to bless you because I have purposed to do that for no other reason. He transforms us by his grace. But there's another piece of this. It's not that Jacob was just transformed and they all lived happily ever after and everything was fine after that. There's there's a very important phrase here and it just says this. 
The sun rose upon him as he passed Penuel, limping because of his hip. Forever, Jacob walked with a limp. God crushed him. God broke that hip. God, God messed with the sinew of his thigh. And Jacob walk away, walked away with the limp that was permanent. I mean, to the degree that it says there at the end that, that the Jews would not even eat that part of the meat of an animal in recognizing what God had done in Jacob's, now Israel's, life. Are you ready for God to do what he wants to do in your life? Are you ready for God to do that if it means, and it is going to mean, that in one way or another, you walk away from it with a limp? See that that sounds bad and that sounds negative and that sounds painful. But you know what? That's part of the blessing. Jacob didn't have to walk away from this incident with the limp. Jacob got to walk away with this incident with the limp. And God will do that same kind of thing with us one way or another. Because that limp, every single time that Jacob would walk with that, 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 that Israel would move forth in his life, even as the next day he got ready to face Esau and all of the other battles that he would have. And all of that that would happen later on in his life, as he walked along with that limp, it was a reminder. It's not about me. It was a reminder, this is who I was. But God came and he changed my name. He changed my character. He changed my nature. And at this time of the year, We've got our resolutions, and this time, it's going to be different. This time, I'm serious. This, this, this time, I, I'm, I'm really going to, going to do it this year. This year, it's going to be change. I believe what we see in Jacob's life is this. You're going to be the person that you've always been, and you're going to do the things that you've always done. Because that's your fleshly nature. That's your fleshly character. That's not going to change. Make all the New Year's resolutions you want to. Be more disciplined. Be more determined. All of those things. Fill in the blank. But our hope is not in how resolved we can be entering into a new year. Our hope is that we serve a God who still changes names. We serve a God who still brings transformation. We serve a God who can still change a person's character. So it's not about you being able to just be more determined and at the end of the year to say, these were my resolutions and I kept all of them. Look at what I did. But maybe you walk out of this year limping, crawling, because God came and he did a work in your life and he did a work in your heart. And he changed your name and he changed your nature and he changed your character. And oh yeah, you walk away with a limp. But even that limp, it's a weakness. It's a difficulty. Paul called it a thorn in my flesh. But even that limp is a reminder it's not about you. It's not about your agenda. It's not about your goals. It's not about your plans. It's not about your strengths and your abilities. It's all about him.
And every time Jacob would limp, he would remember how God came and changed his name. And my prayer for all of us in this new year is that where we need to wrestle and where we need to struggle with God, we would do that. And for all of us as well, that we would come away limping, but that we would come away with a new name and a changed character for the glory of God. Let's pray together.